The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned the title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious about Hypnosis. Let's get thrown. Psychosis. Psychosis. Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know. Future is mine on the line. Sammy Guevara is my time just to take flight. Put it all on the line. Hello and welcome to episode 261 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jeanne. Hey, friend. What's going on, friend? How are you? Nothing much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you prepared to be out amongst the ghouls and the goblins? Listen, the rain. First of all, my best friend's talking about, oh, I have a fever. Okay. My other best friend's talking about, oh, my dress got a stain on it. And it's raining tomorrow. So mm. then I'm looking at my damn outfit like that hoe don't fit. And it's like, do you know how bad it got to not fit? It's a whole outfit. It ain't supposed to cover much anyway. But what it does need to cover, it don't. So it's it's a struggle. Mm. Is 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 what my story is really all about. I had really high hopes that you were going to be prepared, like you've been the past couple of years when you were uh, doing same. your Halloween stuff. But it doesn't same. seem like the case this year. But first of all, it don't even really seem like I'm going out. I got one more friend I got to corral and figure out if we're going out. And if we are, then I need a whole new outfit, which I can do. I can make it simple. I can be a cat burglar. All black. Boom. Done. But <laughs> I, I just don't want to go out alone. So I, I got to see how that goes. Well, good luck with that, friend. And we will definitely find out how that went during next week's dark match for sure. Oh yeah, if I go out, it'll be on the on the gram. <laughs> yeah, same name as my Twitter handle. So head on over. Is it the same name? Or is it DJ? Why don't I know? Mm-mm-mm. And we're joined on this episode by a first-time guest, Miss Cami. Yeah. How are you? I am good. Thank you for the invite. Glad to be here. No problem. Thank you for following the WrestleCast and joining us in our live tweets. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I haven't personally said it, but I am glad that I found your um, page. because It's been nice to have a hashtag to talk to people about this. And it's been great. So glad with that. Yep. Way or another. <laughs> Well, as we do with all first-time guests, we have to find out a little bit about your background with professional wrestling. So, like, when did you start watching? Who got you into watching? And who were some of your favorites when you first started watching? Okay, so I'm going to have to dig and think. But I think I can certainly say it was my two older brothers who got me into wrestling. You know, when you're, like, the youngest, I'm the youngest of three. You want to do everything your other siblings are doing all the time. So 
was what? When it was still called WWF Attitude Era. I think Paul, mm-hmm. who were the people that were buzzing at the time? What were the storylines? I think it was Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin feuding at that time, back and forth with each other. That's my earliest memories of getting into it. Um, no, no, no. Actually, no. The first match I ever saw was actually the the Hell in Cell match with Undertaker and Mankind. That was my introduction to wrestling, <laughs> which blew my mind. Um, during that time, um, I would say some of the wrestlers that really attached that I was attached to would probably be um, The Rock, Stone Cold, of course. Chris Jericho most definitely were some of the bigger ones that um, made a big impact on me um, that I still love to this day. And currently, who are some of your favorites that you are drawn to? Mm. I, all these days, I'm really interested in supporting my black wrestlers and women's wrestling. So I would say, of course, the New Day. Love the New Day. I cried when Kofi won this championship. <laughs> um, for women, um, definitely Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch. I love my girl Naomi. I hope she comes back soon. I miss her deeply. And hmm, so many I have to think about. But that's start. I would say one of my favorites who I love as well. All right. Well, once again, we're glad that you could join us this week for this episode of the WrestleCast. So we look forward to hearing your commentary with color on this edition. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with the news. And, well, if you listen to this podcast, there's only one piece of news to talk about. <laughs> Jordan Miles, a.k.a. ACH, dropped a bombshell on Sunday on his Twitter account where he posted a picture of t-shirt idea that they originally came up for him uh, for NXT, his NXT merch. And uh, basically it was a black t-shirt with a mouse smiling with the name, with his name in the middle as the teeth. And, um, you know, when you see that on a black t-shirt, the first thing you think about is bamboozled minstrel show, Sambo, and uh, yeah, so Jordan Miles just basically put everybody on blast and was like, hey, this is what they came up with. Got through all these channels. And uh, if this is what Vince and Triple H think of me, then, you know, I'm going to keep, you know, bringing this up until they hear my voice and uh, some things get changed around. So he's had an interesting three or four days since. He even caught Jay Lethal up in the mix. He caught some strays, and he wasn't even part of it. But um, I'll ask Miss Cami, our guest, her thoughts on the uh, issue with Jordan Miles, a.k.a. ACH, uh, when everything started to come to light through social media. Mm. So, first and foremost, I don't know how anyone did not see what that shirt was. It was straight up just looking at it. You could tell that this was a form of blackface. It was just like, even if it wasn't, people are saying it wasn't intentional and things like that. Maybe it wasn't. But the thing is, the the shirt is problematic. Um, I'm glad that he spoke up about it. Um, So 
when it happened, I just completely agreed. I was on the whole making the point, sharing it on my tweet, like saying, like, this is not what should be happening. We need people in, um, I don't know if it's marketing or whoever it is, whoever's doing on the t-shirts, there need to be people there to block things like this happening. Most definitely. Yeah, it's uh, definitely shows that WWE doesn't have anyone of color in a high enough position on their marketing or in their branding office that is looking at these uh, designs and reviewing things to make sure that nothing like that gets past uh, the vetting process to where, you know, it goes out into the public, even though they said they did not sell the shirt it never made it online, but it's just that it got made in the first place. Uh, it's definitely uh, an issue that needs to be taken up with uh, by WWE with someone. Miss Didi Jonay, I'll bring you mm-hmm. in for your thoughts. Um, when you first saw this going down, what were some of your thoughts that you had behind um, the situation? Okay, so to walk you through my thoughts is I don't know that man, right? Because whatever show he's on, I don't watch it. NXT, so, but it's been a minute sure. since he's been on there. Right. So I look at the picture and I was like, it's an ugly shirt. And then I saw the controversy and I was like, oh. Oh, the, yeah. That is exactly what that looks like. So I could see how... Actually, no, I'm going to be honest. I can't see how anybody created it because it's ugly, first off. But let's say you created it and you didn't see that this was very racist, very problematic. What pisses me off is when black people are like, that's racist. No, no, it's not. That's not racist. It's just, you know, it was it was just happenstance. They just happened to create this really racist, stereotype for his t-shirt and it's like so you want me to believe it's an accident can i just tell you that's not better like it's not better to be accidentally racist Mm -hmm. like it's not better that that's where your thought process goes and that's where you can cherry pick ideas in your mind and it comes up racism out of all the things you thought of you set it on racist like that that's not good either so i don't know who's behind the scenes, but, and I mean, we talked about it a little earlier. It's like, whoever was back there probably saw it and was like, y'all not going to listen know how, and I got bills to pay. So yeah, <laughs> if there even is anybody back there. So it's just one of those things. And then, you know, I'm getting into like many arguments and people are like, there was an accident. They don't want the drama. They don't want the pushback. What pushback? What pushback? These are the same people who are going to Saudi Arabia every year they ain't afraid of nobody push back what the fuck so yeah they stressful them fans are stressful the shirt was ugly and lazy and racist so they should just do better all around so unfortunate that this situation had to happen to him um you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know how I felt about the character and how we, and how they were depicting the character uh, from the beginning during the NXT breakout tournament, how everything was all about this damn smiling and how much focus they were putting on him smiling. And I was just not a fan of that. And then for them to double down and make the T-shirt that they made, it's just like, oh, double unfortunate 
for him. So it explains a lot because up until he gets ready to wrestle Adam Cole, he's coming out in his normal ACH with the bubble vest and big ass smile and over smiling. Then he wins the tournament and he's getting ready to wrestle Adam Cole and he comes out and he's looking like a Jehovah's Witness. He's got on like black pants, white shirt, black tie, and noticeably not smiling. And it's kind of like, so everybody like made fun of him on Twitter like, man, what the hell is this new look or whatever? And he got clowned on it. And he was like, you know, he was, he came out with some tweet that was kind of cryptic, like, you know, y'all may be clowning me now, but, you know, something will come to the light later. Or da, 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 da. So, obviously, this is all what that turned out to be in hindsight was he uh, came to them with their frustrations. They tried to kind of alter his character to change up that motif. Uh, he got beat and he hadn't been on TV since. So, just... Uh, whole bunch of uh, stress and things like that that he definitely didn't ask for that has definitely come into his life you know he's one of the guys who just wants to wrestle he doesn't want to be involved in any controversy that will cause him not to wrestle but this is a good cause for him to speak up on and he's done a lot to help himself and hurt himself but hopefully he can stay focused on the issue, which is the T-shirt and WWE and their lack of representation in the higher up places that it needs to be. So things like this don't happen going forward. Now, Miss Didi Jonay, mm-hmm. you know, we got this new format where you are the A-show. I've always been the A-show. Y'all <laughs> just have not been up on it. So now we will turn the show over to you to get us caught up on what happened on last week's Friday Night SmackDown. Oh my god. Yes! So SmackDown was out of place. I'm assuming um, it was in America. Yeah, I gotta start writing it down again. I forgot where it was at. It's somewhere... Oh, Indianapolis. Mm, yeah, that place. So, it... Okay, hold on. I'm opening a can. It's going to be very loud. Whoop ass? Oh. (laughs) Truly. The grapefruit version. (laughs) Oh, wait. I distracted y'all. Take a drink. Mm. (sighs) Grapefruit is that girl. If you can mix her with grapefruit vodka. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yes. There is an episode of Ms. TV to start the show. Hogan, Flair, and members of their team are in the ring, including Corbin, Nakamura, Gable, Ali, and Roman. Miz hypes the big tag at Saudi Mania 4. Oh, we're not calling it sweet Saudi money. Oh. Hogan says he has the greatest team of all time and that they will destroy Flair. Flair says that Hogan and Roman can't coexist due to their egos. Oh, I was thought he meant due to the racism. <laughs> Flair says Roman and Hogan will go down to him and team Flair. Hogan Says Flair has never beaten him and never will. Hogan puts his team over. Sammy cuts him off as he should. Mocking Shorty G. Gable says he accepts who he is and is proud to be on Team Hogan. That's where you went left. Ali mocks Sammy for not wrestling anymore. First of all, Sammy the Syrian icon can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Corbin calls himself the crown jewel and says he will take his team to victory because Reigns will let everyone down. Reigns will bow to him. 
all this sounds so racist because the fans don't need a hero they need a ruler first of all uh, Rain says he looks stupid boom facts and is not a real king who's the, t- who's the king we acknowledge King Booker damn right mm, look I gotta sharpen it again mm. the grapefruit just hit different okay Team Hogan wants to fight and they set up a tag match for tonight Sammy says they will consider it and the heels there I love that Sammy's like the Jimmy Hart of it all. <laughs> I enjoy that. Hogan suggests Ali Gable Roman versus um, Corbin, Shinsuke, and Sammy for tonight. They agree. Sammy says he can't wrestle and is injured. So someone in the back will have to take his place. And that will be Cesaro. Then they get to fight him and the faces stand tall. Is Sammy really injured? I'm not sure about that. Mm. I think it might be part of the gimmick. So I, I enjoy him on his Jimmy Hart though. Like you know, protection act, save yourself from CTE, whatever you gotta do. Don't be out here like Johnny Gargano. That boy looked like he lives with a concussion perpetually. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if you gotta set up mm, mm, twisted my ankle, can't do that, then you know. What's best for you? But anyway, next match: New Day versus Ziggles and Robert Roode. Kofi tags in Big E, who runs wild with suplexes, dumps Roode, and clotheslines Dolph. Kofi follows with an assisted dive. Roode cuts off Big E, and then Dolph cradles Kofi for the win. Post match, we have to give props oh, to the New Day though, because uh, when they were coming, you know how they go to the back to show you know who's about to wrestle, come out. Before mm-hmm. they come out, they had Xavier Woods pulled up on FaceTime so he could still Aww. so he could still make some his appearance on TV. They're such best friends. How precious. That's a royalty check too, because he was on the show. I love it. Is Biggie <laughs> single? I want them as his best men at the wedding. I want like I want them walking him down the aisle. Like I want the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. I want an event, okay? <laughs> Post-match, The Revival... I'm creative about all the shit that don't matter. I know. Post-match, The Revival and Heavy Machinery arrive for a brawl and to hype the big Saudi tag match. Um, they hype Strowman versus... I was about to say Nick Fury. Um, Tyson Fury. <laughs> your, your, Tyson Marvel, Fury. Uh, your Marvel flag is showing again. Listen. It, it was like, that's what that name means to me. Oh my god, what if he came out in a leather trench coat and an eye patch? Lacey Evans cuts a promo mocking her opponent and says she won't compete with this nasty um, you know, she's like a Republican lady from down south. Evans plans to walk out of this cow town because they don't deserve to watch her. Okay. So she faces a lady named Cameron Connors. Uh, she looked uh, like a twist between Cameron and Naomi. Oh, she's the black girl. Mm-hmm. See, it's all racism. As soon as I saw the hair, first I was excited and I saw the face like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely racism. Don't ask me how, but it is. Mm. So anyway, Evan starts to leave, but then lays out... Uh, Miss Cameron with the women's right for the win. 
Nikki Cross comments on her upcoming title shot against Bailey. Nikki says Bailey is feeling the pressure of being champion and will gladly fix that by taking the title from her. But later on tonight, she has a match with Mandy Rose. Ooh, the Fire Five Funhouse is back because of the rest of insurance works quickly when you keep up with your premiums. Just read me, okay? I know. I need renter's insurance. First of all, Oscar's out here looking like a thick snack. Okay, I'm sorry. Focus. Rambling Rabbit died in the fire. So Seth is a murderer. They hold a memorial for him, and the puppets share some kind words about him. Bray says that his mom wanted an open casket, so we see his charred remains. Oh. Bray says he loved him, and Rambling Rabbit comes back to life. Mercy promptly promptly eats him, and Rambling Rabbit is dead again. Because, you know, barbecue rabbit is delicious. (laughs) So it's not really her fault. This one was weird. Super Mm -hmm. duper weird. The first ones were odd like that. Like a little... Am I hot right now? (laughs) Like, yeah. Did the Joker inject me with some shit? Like, what is this? <laughs> mm. oh, it's just so good. Okay. Drew Gulak versus Kalisto. Drew has a promo, brings back the PowerPoint presentation on Strowman versus Fury. Kalisto attacks, hits a hit, head scissors, and follows with strikes until Gulak cuts him off with a spine buster. There's an Argentine cutter, which is interrupted by Braun. Who, Strowman? Kalisto hits a Salida del Sol and pins Gulag. Braun came out. Oh, that means Braun distracted. Take a drink. Thank you so much. I'm glad I read that with clarity. Mm. Three, two, one, sip. Okay. Braun follows with power slams on Gulag and runs down Fury and promises to give him these hands. Uh, Michael Cole interviews Daniel Bryan. Cole asks him about his rough few months after false allegations of trying to kill Roman Reigns and then his recent ran win over Nakamura. Cole asks if the Yes Movement is back, but Sammy and Nakamura arrived. Why don't Cole ask him about that big ass ginger man? Who the fuck he is? <laughs> no, I'm still not over it. <laughs> I'm never going to be over it. <laughs> I want an answer. Who is that man? Like, did y'all just get him from Craigslist? Say that. Like, where where did he come from? Oh, that shit pisses me off so bad. It's like, oh, it's like when you watch a soap opera and they just drop a storyline and it's like, I've been watching this for seven months. Where is my payoff? <laughs> Like, there was a whole murder mystery. We have unmasked the killer. It's like at Scooby-Doo, and they unmasked the killer, and then it's like, but who are you, though? Like, (laughs) part of the unmasking is I need to know why. Like, who is... uh, I could talk about this all day because it still (laughs) makes me so mad. It's still aggravating the shit out of me. Like, if I paid for the network, that would make me drop my money for the network. Like, I hate it. 
but I don't pay for the network. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Stanley says they show no ill will towards Brian, and then show footage of Brian saying the Yes Movement is dead from last November. That was almost a year ago. Sammy says that the fans don't like the new Brian because, you know, we don't like Captain Planet and shit like that. But Sammy knows the new Brian is the real Brian. Brian is a good and honorable man, unlike these fans, and Brian is too good for these people. But he has a lot in common with them. Sammy is vegan too. Is he vegan? He might just be saying that for the purposes of uh, getting Daniel Bryan on his side. Yeah, because I mean, how are you going to give up cheese? Like, I don't know about that, son. Could you give up cheese? It'll be rough <laughs> considering I made like two like ham and cheese, grilled cheese sandwiches this morning for breakfast. Oh, that sounds so good. Listen, I. No, I never gave up meat. I could give up meat, though, if I could keep bacon and um, shrimp. I could give up the rest. Could I? Yeah, I could give up the rest. If I could keep bacon and shrimp. Mm, nah, but I had banchan. I need banchan chicken, too. <laughs> I was about to say, you're missing out. The chicken has got to be in there. Some type of chicken got to make it in there some kind of way. Listen, banchan chicken is otherworldly. And if you are ever in in D.C., go to the one by the stadium, the Net Stadium. Oh, my God. They have happy hour, and their real drinks are not real. <laughs> okay. So, yes. What else? What else happens? Oh, Nakamura also loves the planet. They are all artists in the ring, and Brian may be one of the greatest ever. Brian can either go back to the Yes Movement or... He can move on and join them. Sammy says that they can make the world a better place and ask him to join them. So Sammy's a redhead. Nakamura is Asian. Danny Bryan is white. All they need is like a black guy and one from South America. And then they could be like Captain Planet and the Planet's Years. I like that. Um, Give that idea. It's perfect. <laughs> Who would be hard? Sankara. Because he got them all by the neck and, and catering. <laughs> <laughs> Would Apollo beat the black guy since we need just a. Uh, uh... Yeah, probably. I w- Listen, if, if Daniel Bryan weren't part of the equation, I would say Lana and Bobby, but that's gross. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Sammy offers him a handshake in the Captain Planet deal, but Brian refuses and walks off. So no powers combined, no Captain Planet. I'm sad. Anyway, Nikki Cross versus Mandy Rose. She dumps Nikki onto the floor, allows Sonya to attack. Mandy rolls her back in, covering for two. Nikki makes um, a battle back. She follows with some rights and a clothesline. There's a high cross. Uh, for two. Uh oh, Sonya distracts Nikki. Take a sip. But Nikki cradles Mandy for two and then hits the purge for the win. We love a distraction. Mm. All right. Brock and Kane go face to face. Ray and Kane arrive. Ray talks about the beating Brock gave him and Dominic. Dominic showed heart and showed he's a Mysterio by getting his ass beat, I guess. It's what they. 
liked it. But it was the worst day of Ray's life as he couldn't help him. Dominic is getting better. And Ray thanks the fans for their support. Dominic still plans to compete in a WWE ring. Uh, Brock has done what he wanted for far too long, and Kane will make him pay at Crown Jewel. Ray, oh, excuse me, calls Brock out. And when Brock and Heyman appear on the screen, they refuse the invitation. Brock has other plans, and we see a laid-out Dominic at Barack's feet. Barack laughs and smiles as Ray and Kane rush backstage. So, backstage, doctors are checking on Dominic. Ray and Kane are concerned. Brock rushes in out of nowhere. Dominic, you okay? You okay? Hey, guys, I need some space. I need some space, guys. Guys, Dominic, are you all right? Let me see your eyes. Let me see your pupils, Dominic. Let me see your Can you move your neck, Dominic? Guys, I need some space here. I need some space, guys. I need some space. Let me see them. Does it hurt here? Where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? Does it hurt here? Guys, I need some space. I need some space here, guys. It just looks like a game of Plinko. It's it's amazing. It's like pinball. Like it was like this one into that one and hitting the bumpers and shit. It was crazy. You know my guilty pleasure is violence against Dominic, right? What did Dominic ever do to you? I'm just a bad person, I guess, because I was thinking about that today. When I was like, when we talk about this Dominic thing, I'm going to just come off as a bad person because this was hilarious again. Uh, what was really funny was when, when okay, so Brock comes in there, hits Kane with the trash can, hits Ray with the trash can. Ray gets back up, rushes Brock. Brock catches him and F5s him straight into a wall. Boom. Mm, and, he did. And, then he it, and it looked like it hurt, yeah. And then he landed on that table. I was like, oh, shit. And then when he picked... The- Didn't he, like, slow roll off the table <laughs> or something? <laughs> then when he picked Kane's big ass up and then just tossed him on the dominant without no care, and you hear Kane hit and go, oh, oh, <laughs> totally lost it. I was like, you know what, man? I should not be this excited about Brock Lesnar beating up Mexicans because it looks very racist when you put it's it in racism and you all like it anyway. <laughs> but damn, that shit was hilarious. That was hilarious. I will admit that. <laughs> Y'all are hateful. He bounced off of Dominic. <laughs> he did. He did. It was just like a bumper in a pinball game. It was crazy. I, was like, I played a level just like that on Mario Kart earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your main match of the night is Ali Gable and Roman versus Corbin Nakamura and Cesaro, a.k.a. good guys versus bad guys, a.k.a. that one white guy I don't fuck with versus the white guy we all fuck with. Yep. Cesaro cuts off the Superman punch with a swing. Sharpshooter follows. Rain spikes, but Cesaro sits back on the hold until Ali makes the save. Corbin hits a deep six. Uh, Shorty Gable dumps in, dumps him, and it completely breaks down. 
down. Cesaro cuts off the spear with a pop-up uppercut for two. Reigns fights off the gauch, 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 gauch. Hits the Superman punch and the spear follows. And then Ali hits the 450 for the win. AKA Hills win going into Sweet Saudi Money the 4th. And that is how SmackDown in Indianapolis is ended. That wasn't good grammar, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Cammie, we'll get your thoughts first on overall thoughts on SmackDown. I mean, it was okay. Um, I wasn't completely invested. I didn't need that much Hogan in one day. (laughs) It was just the beginning with the whole segment. Like, I just tune it out. It's just Hogan going back and... um, Rick Blair going back and then them exchanging insults. This is, I cannot be any less invested in this. Uh, I hate to say it, but I have like no investment in this Hulk Hogan versus Rick Blair. Um, but I think like for the most part, it was just kind of just matches that weren't really going anywhere. Um, I really uh, have like concerns about things like what are they doing with the new day i'm really just concerned about where is everybody going post uh crown jewel because i have zero interest in it well that's the thing with crown jewel they just run everything up to crown jewel and then once they get past crown jewel they try to figure everything else back out after that Mm -hmm. so you got to get past uh the crown jewel event and then once we then it's going to be uh the setup for survivor series so everybody's going to start you know repping for their brand right it's like i mean it feels like every, you all know i haven't checked when survivor series is it's in november it's probably i think it's november 23rd i mean i guess that's a- it's the week before thanksgiving yeah yeah Mm-hmm. I guess it's enough time to like be building feuds and stuff like that. It's just like I really would like for this time to be focused on like getting everything built up. But then again, it's like the second weekend since the draft, so it seems like they're just testing the waters with everybody, seeing where things go and stuff like that. And I'm just curious about that. Where is everything gonna go? Um, but for Crown Jewel, I'm just like I'm not interested in anything. The Brock Lesnar versus Kane, um, what's his name? Kane Velasquez. I can't even remember his name. How he spelled. <laughs> just like I don't care. I have not forgiven the first preview. I mean, the first opening day of the SmackDown to care about this match in any shape or form. But Brock Lesnar, for the first time this entire year, did make me laugh with what happened in that room. <laughs> but the rest of it, I'm just. I'm so hateful. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ejane, you got a rating for yeah. me? Yeah. You got a rating no, for me? No. No, I, I wasn't there for enough of it to give it a, a good shake. Okay. I don't want... And I'm not high voting Brock in that damn room. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how funny it was. <laughs> the main event was really good stuff. Really, they're trying to rehab Ali again, but I think it might be a little bit too late. Uh, like I said, totally here for the King uh, beat down by Brock, even though it makes me a terrible person. Um, 
And unfortunately, even though she was on here two weeks in a row, could have used another Bailey promo. I thought Sami Zayn was really good trying to convince Dane Bryan to come on over to their side. And that was really about it. Everything else here was just kind of, you know, filler trying to get you ready for Crown Jewel. Um, Drew Gulak, though, is very entertaining. (laughs) I will say that about him. So, yeah, I just thought it was a a little, uh, probably a middle-of-the-road effort from SmackDown, 3.5 out of 5. Not their best, but not their worst. Now we'll switch over to Monday Night Raw coming to us from St. Louis. Paige, she welcomes us to the show and she brings out her tag team, the Kabuki Warriors. They have new gear. It's a little bit darker than it has been. Paige puts them over and says that she took them and made them a team. Then Asuka takes the mic from Paige and then she speaks in Japanese. Then Kari Sane, she speaks in Japanese, and they cackle evilly. And then Asuka sprays the mist into Paige's face. Paige can't see. She's all hysterical or whatever. Unfortunately, they can't, like, put the boots to her because, you know, Paige has a bad neck and everything. But uh, they're harassing her. That makes uh, Becky come down for the save. She attacks Kari Sane. She then gets into a big brawl with both Kari Sane and Asuka. And that leads to our very first match of the night, Becky Lynch versus Kari Saint. But before we get there, ladies, what y'all feel about the uh, opening segment? Miss Didi Jonet, did you get a chance to see this? No. No? Oh, this was the this was actually one probably the one of the better parts of Raw, actually. Cammy, your thoughts on Paige officially getting dissed by the Kabuki Warriors? Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> like, wait, like the whole thing with since this whole started Kabuki Warriors and Paige, it just never vibed. It was like some type of Frankenstein monster thing with them together like that. So when um Paige went away for a little bit, I think it was like surgery or something like that, and Kyrie Lip and- injections, yeah. Oh, okay. No, she had to have a surgery on her neck. <laughs> <laughs> And then she had her little injections <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah, but when she was gone and it was just Kyrie and Asuka on their own and they were allowed to just talk to the Japanese, that was when I was like, this is what we need. We do not need Paige anymore. Just let them do their stuff. It's like, there's always this language about they can't speak unless um, they have a mouthpiece, but they're so expressive without it, they don't need it. So when that happened, uh, where Oscar just, well, Kyrie's little evil laugh first off, <laughs> like when Oscar sprayed her, I popped. I, I was like, thank you, Lord, when that happened. So, beautiful moment. And the match was um, going into the match itself. That was phenomenal as well. It was like the first time that we really got to see Kyrie like have a match. Because most of them have just kind of been like throwaways, not a lot of uh, in it. But this one, particularly her submissions, all that, it was such a good match to watch. So we'll get into it. Becky Lynch versus Kyrie saying Kyrie hits a back fist and she covers for two. Lynch then uh, counters a submission into a, the disarmor, and Kari saying has to tap. Mm-hmm. 
But like Miss Cammy said, they got a lot of time, and Kari Singh got a chance to really show that she can go and uh, gave Becky a good run. The crowd was really into the match, and that's always a good sign. R-Truth, he gets interviewed about losing the 24-7 title. He plans to win it back. Bertie Murphy arrives and says that Truth should be focused on him and not that 24-7 title. So they have a match, Buddy Murphy versus R-Truth. R-Truth hits the leg lariat for a two count. The 24-7 geeks run through and they distract R-Truth. So they're running around the ring. R-Truth joins in uh, to all of them running around the ring. He slides back in. That's when Buddy hits the Kamagoye and he pins R-Truth to get the win. We get an AOP video package. And then the Street Profits, they arrive. Montez Ford says they made their debut last week and they showed up and showed out. They beat the OC with an assist from their homie, Kevin Owens. <laughs> Angela Dawkins talks about the after party from last week, but he can't remember the name of the chick he was kissing on. Uh-huh. Anyway, he says they are here and they want to smoke. And then they head back into the crowd to have a good time as they leave. They did a fantastic job with the Street Profits. They're the only people in NXT who really had a significant build to them coming in, not just kind of, hey, they came from NXT and everybody knows who they are. They actually got a chance to be on Raw for like two whole months before they had a match. Finally got a chance to have a match. The people were behind it. Then they come back out. The next week, get to cut a middle of the ring promo, and the people are even more behind it. So, good job, Paul Heyman, of uh, rolling out the Street Profits in a way that makes them so over right out the gate, and everybody is introduced to them. You don't have to be like, well, who are these guys? I've never seen them before. I don't have any uh, interest in them, but everybody does now. Mm-hmm. In the Department of Redundancy, we get Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet. McIntyre making his march to the ring. The final pick for Team Flair just one week ago. March is exactly how I describe it. Drew McIntyre has a renewed focus. You can see it. Wait a minute. Oh, Ricochet! Well, you're right. Ricochet focused on Drew McIntyre. Had him right between the sights. Throw a caution. The wind is Ricochet. Talk about that beatdown last week. I mean, Ricochet has vowed to get back at Drew McIntyre, not just for himself, but also for Hulk Hogan and his teammates ahead of Crow Jewel. I don't know about you guys, but I would never be in that big of a hurry to fight Drew McIntyre. But Ricochet is. Ricochet again. Look at the air. Are you kidding me? Hey, look at this, though. Oh, Ricochet now trying to quicken the pace. Goes up. Goes hey. up. Oh, it takes down McIntyre. That's what it's going to take. Fast pace. Ricochet springboards got oh, caught again. no. Shrank too much of McIntyre. Whoa. Hey. The quickness again. And oh, oh Ricochet no. launched. Oh. What a back body drop by just, McIntyre. Just covering. Hoisting up. Ricochet oh, once again. No. Ricochet oh, trying no. to get out and oh! oh! Did you see his neck snap? Oh! oh. McIntyre taking off his feet for a moment. And what a right hand by Ricochet! Oh man! 
This could say, be, yeah, Ricochet has Drew McIntyre right where he wants him, I think. This could be his moment, King. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, oh. McIntyre get that from. He's like a superhero. That's or superhuman. Yeah. The rage boiling in McIntyre. Oh, he got caught. Oh. McIntyre got caught. And he used Drew McIntyre's momentum against him. He ran right into that foot, right in the face. Adrenaline can make a man do crazy things. Blocking out the pain is Ricochet. He's fighting through. Ricochet now, trying to get to the top rope. Oh, my goodness. All the way up is Ricochet. Oh, come on. Come on. Looking to fly. Yo! Whoa. Oh. time with a... Oh! What? Randy Orton. Out of nowhere. How do you defend against something like that? Come on, Nate. Get in there and take your place. Nate's having the last laugh on the holster. Didi Jonay. We were in Randy's hometown, so this went over huge. People were cheering very loudly. The RKO as a move in itself is always going to be over. And then the way Ricochet took this, he should have had a broken neck because he landed awkwardly in like head and neck first. It Mm -hmm. was Randy Orton wasn't such an ass in real life. This would be real. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he has his issues, but um. So another week, another rematch, but this one ends in disqualification with Randy Orton and a little bit more build up for the big team flavor versus team Hogan match going down in Saudi Arabia. The OC, they stare down DD's new fave, Umberto Carrillo backstage. Mm-hmm. AJ praises his effort against Seth Rollins last week, but says if he wants to prove himself, he needs to face the real champ, AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> the Viking Raiders, they faced off against two guys dressed up as the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the Viking <laughs> Raiders beat them with Storrs Hammer really fast. Andrade versus Sin Car. This week, Andrade says that he has an equalizer. That last week, Selena Vega got involved in their match. But this week, that won't happen because he has his own... Uh, valet and her name is Catalina. Sankara hits a destroyer. Catalina takes out Selena Vega but Andrade cradles Sankara with the ropes for the win. Now this makes Sankara look so damn bad. You went, got an equalizer. The mm-hmm. equalizer does her job to perfection and you still mm-hmm. lost. so if they were trying to build up a mixed tag match they totally booked that for that not to happen but we'll see where this goes Andrade is going to get a chance to wrestle for the universal title by next Wrestlemania I'm calling it now okay come on Mr. Nikki Bella (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) 
the reverse Nikki Bella effect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same difference. You get you get success because of who your lover is. Did you see who they're gonna be as uh for Halloween this year? Oh, Gomez and Marticia? No. Very oh, stereotypical, but yes. Uh no, they're gonna be Harley Quinn and Joker. Oh, they're basic. Yeah. Did you see Russell Wilson and Sierra? Yes, they did the thing. <laughs> Sierra seems like such a fun girlfriend to have. She seems like a, a, a sweet little Christian girl who just learned how to twerk along the way. Because Russell Wilson had none of this coolness nor swag before he started no. dating or was married to Sierra. Russell Wilson is the only black athlete known to men who had a white wife and went and got a black one. <laughs> <laughs> like amazing. Charlotte and Natalia, they faced off against the returning Iconics. Peyton Royce with the blonde hair. It's not as good as the black, but I can get used to it. Peyton Royce grounds things. She tags in Billy Kay and double teams follow until Charlotte makes the save and dumps Peyton Royce to the outside. Natalia fights back. We get the sharpshooter on Billy Kay. Charlotte takes out Peyton and Billy has to tap and Charlotte and Natalia are victorious. I really need somebody to explain why the hell Charlotte and Natalia are a tag team. I think that's how Charlotte can rebuild her as a page. That are having to do like small time stuff. That's what I'm thinking. But we could at least had some type of explanation. They chilling in the back, and the iconics come up and mess with them or something. So they have a reason to wrestle. It just seemed too out of the blue. Right. So like no context for it. It's just look, we're like tag teaming today. Right. I agree with. That. Right. <laughs> it's like, man, come on, take five minutes more to set it up. You got three hours on the show. I think you could, you know, spare seven minutes to set up a tag team match later in the night. But I think that's the like Natalia's tag team partner. It's just like every week she's like, I got a new tag team partner. No context. It's just, here's my tag partner. <laughs> just, I think I just see it as normal now. It happens with her all the time. <laughs> uh, Seth cuts a fired up, but not all that good promo on The Fiend. Uh, yeah, the people are done with Seth Rollins as the Universal Champion. He he needs to go ahead and lose the title and and reset himself because uh, Hell in the Cell has killed everybody's want to see him be the main guy. Man, he he is getting booed and it's not good right now for him. Not to mention all the shit he's saying whenever he's talking online or on the internet. So. He's not really likable on TV or in real life right now. Seth Rollins versus Eric Rowan falls count anywhere non-title match. Seth hits Rowan with a ladder. Then Rollins stomps him onto the ladder. Seth rolls him under a forklift and then he has a driver put the forklift forks on top of him. He stands on the pallet, which was on the forklift, and he pins Eric Rowan. Uh, if this looks familiar to y'all, it was the same way that Mankind beat The Rock in halftime heat. To somebody was watching their 
WWE Network over the weekend and came up with that one. <laughs> Alistair Black, uh, he's in his little room. He wants to fight, and he's waiting for someone to knock on his door. AJ, AJ Styles versus Umberto Carrillo. The Good Brothers are at ringside. Carrillo misses a moonsault, allowing AJ Styles to hit an inverted DDT for two. Carrillo fights back and hits the top rope moonsault for a two count. Styles cuts him off, attacking the leg, and the calf crusher gets the win for AJ Styles. After the match, the OC beats down Carrillo until the Street Profits come and they make the save. So, Umberto Carrillo, two weeks in a row getting some shine. Two weeks in a row, though, he gets beat. So, I don't know how much shine you can get when you lose, but uh, at least they're trying to showcase him in some high-quality situations. Um, Miss Cammy, your thoughts on Umberto Carrillo? Is this your first time really getting to see him uh, these past two weeks on Raw? Were you familiar with his 205 or NXT runs? Although, remember to watch the five live. I've probably seen about two or three of his, but I didn't really of it. Um, just um, he's been impressive to the um, these past, and I get that frustration where it was like he's doing so much and being so impressive, but like back to back like pinfalls like that. I mean, because that was a submission, right? With AJ, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's just like back to the and then also, you know, the street caught for saving him. I don't know what they're trying to do with him, but he's really talented. I hope he gets some type of turnaround soon. Now we get to Miss Didi Jonay's favorite part of the show. Mm-hmm. The King's Court Divorce Court with Lana and Rusev. Lana and Rusev arrive. Rusev is still wearing his wedding ring because he believes in true love. Lana is upset because the fans have been mean to her. The truth is that their marriage was only about what Rusev wanted, which was sex. Rusev says, well, can you blame me? (laughs) Lana says Rusev wanted sex all the time and everywhere, and she calls him a sex addict. First of all, that sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't mad at it. Rusev can't believe she said that. And Lana says he only ever wanted to put a baby in her. He never loved her. Rusev says he wanted a family because he did love her. Lana claims that she's a model and a fashion influencer and doesn't want to be Mama Rusev. She then claims that Rusev cheated on her and Bobby Lashley told her so. Rusev says Lashley is talking shit, and then Bobby Lashley arrived. They brawl. Rusev slams Lashley into the steps, and they battle into the ring. Lashley cuts him off, but Rusev follows with the Machka kick and the Samoan drop. Rusev takes off his wedding ring and shoves it into Lashley's mouth, and he beats Lashley down. Lana attacks uh, Rusev with a kendo stick. Rusev no-sells it and keeps asking why she's doing it. That allows Bobby Lashley to punch and kick Rusev in the balls. Lashley and Lana then make out as Rusev is down on the ground, recovering, massaging his injured balls. Mm, mm, mm. 
And that was the How end to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Didi Janet, we'll let you give the analysis on this particular portion of the show first. Um, as a lifelong watcher of Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, Judge Judy, uh, Ricky Lake, Sally Jesse Raphael, uh, just to name a few, I feel I am very well versed Jenny in Jones now. Jenny, there was a J that. That I was missing and I couldn't get there. Thank you, Jenny Jones. Um, there are other ones, but point being, I am well versed in the art of I cheated on my man and my man cheated on me, and my man is a sex addict. I want you to know, Lana, that you don't take the word of the new dude you fucking that he saw your man out here in these streets. Now maybe Rusev was fighting and bopping. I would want it independently very verified. That's just me. Ultimately, why aren't you getting a divorce? Or are we just going to be open and free with our legs and our vagines? Because if that's the case, Narusev can go. Mandy looks like she'll do anything for a good buck. Like, you know. What else, Rue? Let me not say that about her. No, fuck her. She was racist about that woman's hair. Yeah, like, he's got options. If it's, if it's that you know what I mean so being like well Lashley told me so first of all when is Lashley and Rusev in the same place they don't fuck with each other what 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 Joanna Scammer said we don't know none of the same people no (laughs) (laughs) Miss Cammy I'll get your thoughts on the Lana Rusev Bobby Lashley love triangle storyline I think, I don't know if you heard, like, the very last, like, minute or second of Raw where it was that person who shouted, this is weird. That, <laughs> I was like, you're speaking my feelings, dude. It's just so weird. <laughs> it's like, um, the one thing, though, that I will say about the whole thing, she says, like, the problem was that Rusev wanted to have sex all the time. It made no sense to me because, like, but wait a minute, wait a minute. What you doing with Lashley, though? Right. <laughs> two weeks. The first, well, post the after the makeout session. The next two Raws were you and him in bed one day. The other one under the massage table, implying that something was gonna happen when it went to commercial. So I'm not getting the sync up here. <laughs> but it was weird. They don't have quality control in any department at WWE, whether it's the t-shirt making or it's the (laughs) creative team writing. Nobody is just laying back going, oh, that don't match up. Oh, yeah, that's racist. Or, no, that storyline doesn't match with what we put on TV two weeks ago, so we got to go back and make sure it all lines up. They got nobody doing that. (sighs) This was a very embarrassing edition of Monday Night Raw. Oh my god. <laughs> this is one of those things where if you watch wrestling and so, and people question like, why do you still watch wrestling? And you, you know, defend it as best you can. And then if this happens to be the one thing they walk in on and they ask you about it, you probably just have to drop your head and say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like at this point, I'm just conditioned to turn on this at eight o'clock and just, you know, digest whatever they feed me. <laughs> but yeah, this was a this was a bad edition of Monday Night Raw. So unfortunately, the only real highlight was the damn RKO, and that came from a person we can't even cheer for. So time we'll just remind everybody please head over to the patreon page at patreon.com forward slash cspn media support the cspn and the wrestlecast by either spending one dollar three dollars or five dollars to become a patron if you do sign up at the three and five dollar levels you will receive access to our exclusive content over on our patreon page from the wrestlecast that is a weekly version of the dark match hopefully everybody listened to the free edition that came out this past week uh if you do like what you heard on that free edition please sign up and you will get the dark match each and every week that's where we do our aew dynamite reviews and you'll also hear the pre and post conversations between me and misty jonay and our guests here on the wrestlecast and also anwar starwin when we do cast a strong style so please check out the Patreon page, The Dark Match, that can be found at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Now it's time for our NXT review. We could get a throwback NXT opening as we get a live music performance from Poppy. She does the show intro and it has the NXT highlights from last week playing in the big screen on the Jumbotron behind her. The performance bleeds into Io Shirai's entrance and Io Shirai comes out and she's doing her crazy shouting, screaming with this live performance. It was really cool. It was kind of like an old takeover intro. So it gives us our first match, Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. Candice gets a surprise roll up for a two count. Candice gets the underhooks from behind. She sends Io face first into the mat. Eo rolls into a chair that she brought into the ring. Candace goes for a springboard moonsault, but Eo Shirai moves and Candace lands right on the chair. Eo covers Candace for the one, two, three, and Eo Shirai is victorious over Candace LeRae again. Two times, two times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this was this was good. This was real strong. Nice way to start out NXT. From the live performance right into the match, didn't give you a chance to calm down. Good stuff, Miss Cammy. You got any analysis on the match between these two ladies? Well, unfortunately, because y'all are ahead of me, I'm currently watching it. Oh, so actually, I rewind it, I just rewound it just now, so I'm watching bits of the match right now on my DVR. Spoiler but alert, I'm EO wins, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Didi Jonay, did you have? Surprised it was a good match. You have any particular feelings on Io Shirai getting another victory over Candice LeRae? It makes me happy. 
team ethnics. Yes, yes. Candice LeRae has a lot of Johnny Gargano seeping into her career. What, constantly losing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, that's what she deserves. <laughs> no, she didn't do anything wrong. It's just that I like Io better. That's all. After the match, Io kicks Candice in the face, then mounts her and gets in a few right hands. That's when Rhea Ripley comes out to make the save. She kicks the chair out of Io's hand and looks to smack the shit out of Io with the chair, but Io rolls out of the ring. <laughs> Finn Balor comes out. He cuts a promo explaining his actions from last week. Finn says that as usual, everybody's got their opinions. Fans, the office, the boys in the back, etc. Twitter tough guys, they even got their opinions. He said the problem around here is that there are too many fans in the locker room when they should be sitting out here with these people. Finn doesn't watch this business. This business watches him, which brings him to Johnny Gargano, the heart of NXT. He says, Johnny, congrats. I heard you got out of the hospital. He said he wants to be clear, though. If Johnny wants to go again, Finn will send him straight back and he will he won't be Johnny wrestling. He'll be Johnny watches wrestling. Uh, He loaded up the chamber and put the bullets in and shot them all out on this uh, particular promo right here. He he starts out talking about the fiend, talking about he had to lay down to the hottest thing in wrestling just because he put on a mask. He was like, I took off my mask and I became the hottest thing in wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. damn, first line. <laughs> like, All right. This is a, this is the Prince Devitt version that people who've been watching New Japan have been crying that they wanted to see come to WWE. Straight up heel, don't give a shit, talk shit, and back it up, Finn Balor. So this should be a lot of fun moving forward. Bronson Reed takes on Shane Thorne. Two Aussies match up against each other. Shane goes for the top rope, top rope Hurricane Rana, but Reed pushes him out of midair, and then he hits a big frog splash, and he gets the win. Backstage, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox are standing by. They're nervous, but they've both worked hard to come back from injury. And they're going to be bringing the fight to Asuka and Kari Saint. They've talked about the tag team titles for so long. And they th- and they can't think of a better way than to win them with their best friend. Time for the match. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox versus the Kabuki Warriors. WWE Women's Tag Team Title Match. Dakota Kai is going for the go to sleep. But Asuka counters and sprays the green mist. Kari follows up with the insane elbow on Dakota and Dakota Kai is pinned by the Kari Sane so the Kabuki Warriors retain the women's tag team title. I have thoughts. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> when Asuka sprayed old girl Dakota with the green mist, the green mist got on her shoulder, her arm, her hands, and her chest. So when Kyrie went up to give the elbow... And Dakota was laying on the ground. There was no reason why the unobservant referee didn't see that Dakota was now green. I will admit, Kyrie did a great job of covering her up on um, the pin, but it was still situational blindness. 
she said a lot of mist. That was the most she sprayed on anybody. Or maybe it was just the first time she gave somebody a direct hit. It, it went perfect. Because I remember her hit with um, Becky. Was Becky. Little, yeah. It was very lopsided. It was very much my, the arm got the mist, not her face. Her page was really good, too. Like, Paige is also The one she did with Paige, I saw it in slow motion. It looked like she was like, like just pouring out. Like, Easy. This well, is she's a... probably just getting better at it. It's probably a thing. Yeah, that's true. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, because it's one thing to spray it, like you know, Triple H sprayed his water all the time, but you're trying to spray it on a person directly. Like you got to make sure your aim is right and true. And it was. She did what she had to do. This was a hell of a match. This was a long match. He got a lot of time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. They had like two hot tags. <laughs> um, Tegan Knox, I thought she got hurt again because there was one point near the end of the match where she fucking rolls out of the ring and she's holding her knee. And with her troubles and knee in- injuries, you can't really be like, you know, too sure. So, but it appears that she was just selling. So thank goodness for that. And, uh, yeah, Kabuki Warriors are great, man. Asuka just healing it up. She, Kari is getting into it, but Asuka, you could tell naturally she's a heel, and it just comes off so easy for her. The Women's Tag Team Championship was reset. Represent- Wait a minute! Knox and Kai have just been through a grueling tag team match. And here comes NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler. And the two women that Kai and Knox beat to become the number one contenders. Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. Look at the look on the yeah, face the of Knox. Oh, this does not bode well. Dakota's still struggling to, to, to get that green mist out of her eyes. She's defenseless right now. Tegan oh, Knox, with a look of concern, she's been through a grueling battle, and it looks like the, the horsewomen are here to pick at the bones of Dakota Kai. And Tegan Knox taking a defensive oh. stance. attacking Shayna Baszler, but again, the numbers just too much. The odds not in Knox's favor. Knox doing everything she can to defend her friend. Baszler wants to take down any oh, wow. any competition before he has any chance. Knox delivering the Knox a big oh. one. Step up into Gary by Baszler. Look at this. This despicable display after such an amazing competition. Unbelievable aggression. These three mercenaries, the merciless. Only two-time women's champion in NXT. Oh, my God, we've seen this movie before, and it doesn't have a happy ending. And Ripley, of course, has put her sights on the NXT Women's Championship. We have Ripley back again tonight. Ripley, who refused to back down from Shayna Baszler, who went toe-to-toe with the women's champion. Taking her time, she only has eyes for Baszler. Oh, wait a minute, what the hell? That's Io Shirai. We saw Io Shirai defeat Candice LeRae to kick off the show, and now Shirai and Ripley also have a, well, you can see what's going on. Wait, we got the 
simple solution for this. War Games. What? We just saw women's history here in NXT. So there we have it. Our setup for our very first ever women's War Games match. This was good stuff. This was just as good as the AEW um, luxury box thing they had last week where Cody came out, Dustin came out, MJF came out, DDP came out, and they all went up there and they had that big brawl. Well, this was like Shayna and them come out, then Rhea comes out, then Bianca comes out, Candice comes out, EO comes out, and we have this really big brawl. Good stuff, good stuff. Looking forward to a women's war game match. Tyler Bate and Cameron Grimes, they have to follow that. Tyler Bate hits a big tope on Cameron Grimes and tosses them back in the ring when Killian Dane distracts Tyler Bate. That allows Cameron Grimes to hit the double foot stomp, and Cameron Grimes gets the win. After the match, Killian Dane attacks Tyler Bate. He tosses Tyler into the steps and gives him a senton into the steps. Tyler uh, Dane then tells Tyler to give Pete Dunn a message that they have unfinished business. Next up is a Hector Garza video package. Then we have an announcement that Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler have been named the captains of the War Games teams. And now it's time for our main event of the evening. Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. They're gonna face off against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Riddle hits an ICI moonsault onto the Undisputed Era. He sends Fish in the ring. He ducks under. He locks up. And then we get a ripcord knee to the head of Bobby Fish. Uh, Keith Lee runs wild. He pounces Adam Cole in a Roderick Strong. Riddle goes for a powerbomb, but in comes Kyle O'Reilly. They go high-low, and they cover um, Matt Riddle for the one, two, three, as Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are victorious. After the match, the Undisputed Era attacks Keith Lee and Riddle until Tommaso Chumper comes down to even things up. They get into a big battle. They eventually run the Undisputed Era off. Chumper grabs the mic because Adam Cole left uh, Goldie land in the corner. And he looks at Goldie and he says, Goldie, daddy's going to have to take a detour because daddy's going to war. So we have loosely set up our men's war games match. Uh, Ciampa, Riddle, and Keith Lee, they need one more, though. I don't know who that's going to be, if it's going to be Dajakovic or... Because more than likely, Finn Balor and Gargano are going to be doing their own thing separately in a singles match. So it'll be interesting to see who the fourth member of the babyface team is going to be. But that was NXT for this week. Fine show. Good two hours of pro wrestling. Very well done. 
great setup for the women's war games match. Fine, 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 fine um, victory by uh, the main event by Fish and O'Reilly and uh, just doing what NXT does, providing great, great, great TV and drama. Miss Cammy, when you do get a chance to watch this, I think you're going to really enjoy everything in this show once you get a really good chance to watch it. So definitely live tweet about it when you get a chance and uh, tell me what you think off air once you really get a chance to watch it. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, we're um, we're at the um, tag team match of Kyrie and I mean, sorry, the Kiki Warriors and Dakota Kai and Tegan. So, little hour behind, but I'm really excited about those war games. I heard about it earlier. Yeah. I mean, the talent in NXT, the women, it's at peak right now, and like I think it's a better time to do this with the amount of talent that they have right now. It should be great. Yeah. Definitely should be. So that was NXT for this week. And that's all things WWE related. Like I said, our AEW stuff will be coming out on Dark Match over on our Patreon page. All my New Japan folks, uh, Power Struggle is this Sunday. Uh, It's going to have uh, my... I know it's going to be Kenta versus Ishii for the Never Openweight title. It's going to be Jay White versus Goto for the Intercontinental title. It's going to be the finals of the Junior Tag League. Um, I think Naito is going to be wrestling Taichi on that card as well. That should be a really fun match. So check that out on Sunday. Use the hashtag CastAStrongStyle to share your commentary with color. So, Miss Cammy, at this point in time, we'll turn the show over to you to give you your uh, chance to give you your sh- uh, shout outs and thank yous. Let the people know where they can follow you on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff as well. Well, uh, this has been fun. Uh, I guess I'm going to say one shout out. I'm going to sh- say a shout out to my brother, Nambi, fellow wrestling fan. He's the one that said, Hey, let's do the podcast. Have some fun in your life. <laughs> Um, shout out to him for pushing me to do this. Um, if you want to find me, um, my Twitter um, handle is Cammie That is K-A-M-M-E-D-E-E. Um, mostly about 80% of it is wrestling, but the rest of it is just me learning out about anime, writing, reading, and stuff like that. So if you can handle that balance and know that you're not going to get 80% wrestling, but want to have good conversations because that's what I like, hit up my Twitter all right. Thank you very much. Miss Didi Janae, I don't know if she's still with us, but I'd like to give a shout out to her for joining me and being our SmackDown Matters reporter, as always, each and every week. Give a shout out to Miss Cammy for coming on and being our special guest this week. Give a shout out to everybody who shows up and listens to the podcast, everybody who joins us in the live tweet. If you are live tweeting Crown Jewel at any point over the weekend, Use the hashtag run the jewels cast to share your commentary with color. Um, I don't know how many people are going to be watching that, but we will talk about the matches next week uh, on the show. So we will definitely have a review of those uh, actions that go on in Saudi Arabia. Then they're going to turn around and bring everybody back on SmackDown and have all these matches. that are going to be super lackluster because ain't nobody going to feel like wrestling. So 
<laughs> SmackDown <laughs> Friday is gonna be pretty weak. But other, yeah, it's it's gonna be. nobody's gonna be motivated to do anything after they just went around the world twice in less than twenty four hours. But uh we'll be here next week to review it and catch you up on all the news and goings on in the WWE, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So, for our special guest, Miss Cammy, and our SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. This has been episode 261 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Two months ago, I'm laying down for what's supposed to be the hottest new thing in the business just because he put on a new mask. Well, I just took my mask off and now I'm the hottest thing in the business. And as usual, everybody's got their opinions. The fans got their opinions. The office got their opinions. The boys in the back got their opinions. Bunch of Twitter tough guys out there on social media, huh? You see, the problem around here is there's too many fans in the locker room when they should be sitting out here with these people. Let's make one thing clear. I don't watch this business. This business watches me. Which brings me to Johnny Gargano. The heart of NXT. Johnny, congratulations. I heard you got out of hospital. Well, let me make one thing very clear. If you want your go again, I will send you straight back. And you won't be Johnny Wrestling. You will be Johnny Watches Wrestling, exactly the way it's supposed to be. 